Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sound and Worship Podcast. As you guys know, we're still in the Worship Music Objections series. And one important aspect of objections is how to handle them. And sometimes handling those are a good opportunity to approach your church with issues that you have. I think there's a right and a wrong way to go about that. And I think that your elders, your leaders of your church should take this topic very seriously. So let's get into it. I'm using an article that I, that I had written on soundandworship.com. And the URL to that, which I'll put in the show notes, is soundandworship.com slash how to tell your church with a dash in between each word. So how to tell your church. And it's really just about that. How do you talk to your church, your pastor, your elders, when they're playing music that are coming from sources that are with the NAR or teach the prosperity gospel, all those kinds of issues. So if I start off by reading the first part of this, you may be able to relate to it. Uh, So let's just dive right in. You've recently studied and realized that the music your church is using for worship service is coming from bizarre false teachers, or you've known this for a while but recently decided to take action. Maybe you're in worship and you can't bring yourself to participate in some of the songs. You look around at fellow believers and assume that most just haven't heard about the issues with many popular worship music sources. You want to help make a change, but you know many are very passionate about these artists. You feel that you have to do something. What do you do? I think we've all been there, right? Um, You just know. I've, I've talked to other people who... You know, they say, I, I couldn't put words to it, but I just knew something wasn't right with this, with worship music that's been played at my church, or just it just wasn't right. That I heard what my pastor was preaching uh, this Sunday, and it, it just didn't seem to align with Scripture. I hear that. I've talked to many people that have said that. So what is the best way to go about it? Let's continue. It can be overwhelming to bring this subject up to others, especially your pastor or worship pastor. You don't want to make your pastors feel embarrassed by saying, how could you not know? Especially when you know their intentions are to be obedient to God and His Word. If their intentions are different, that's a whole different story. But many pastors and leaders may not have the insight you've gained. We must realize that we didn't always know about the artist that are leading many away from solid doctrine. I didn't know for years. Knowing this information doesn't make you special, but it does give you the responsibility to do something about it. When you know that ministries such as Bethel Church in Redding, California, are leveraging their massive music influence to bring many to their dangerous false teachings, you can't just let it go. So here are some ideas. And I think these ideas really don't cover every single possible situation, but it might give you an idea of how you can go about it. And I have some examples uh, that you can come and check out 
uh, especially for this first one. So one thing you can do is send your pastor an email. Let's get into that part of this article. I don't think I can stress enough that this method must be done with care. For many reasons, please be gracious to your pastor. He receives several emails and hears many concerns daily. He'll be glad to hear your concern if it's coming from kindness and pure motives. But if it's filled with anger, it will not go over well. This applies to any email you send as a Christian. And I would even broaden that now, uh, even outside of this article, to say it, this just goes to your entire life and how you communicate with people. What are your motives? Uh, you know, if you're reaching out to your pastor and you've got the mindset of, oh, I, I know something that he should know, and I'm just going to be very blunt about it and just break this to him. Sometimes we subconsciously just go about stuff that way, and that's just not right. It, nothing good is going to come from that. So here is an example from the article that you know you might copy and paste and kind of tweak it, you know, make it your own, obviously, but it's, a, you know, a good idea, possibly, of a way to reach out to your pastor. So the article goes on to show this example that says, Dr. Pastor Elder, name, comma, basically greeting the person. I know you have a lot going on, and I thank you for your time. I recently learned about some artists that are rooted in false teaching. I have noticed that some of the songs we have sung in worship are coming from these sources. The artists are... Dot, 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 and that gives you an opportunity to just list those artists. Uh, likely going to be Bethel Hillsong Elevation, and who knows who else. Uh, but just list them out there. But don't just do that. The article continues and says, The reason why their teachings are false why this is concerning is because of dot, dot, dot. And that's where you've got to do a little bit of homework. Make sure you know what you're talking about. Uh, cite examples from these artists. And uh, I like when I say from, I really mean that. Go straight to their material. I think it's great to listen to people who have good commentary on this subject, uh, especially like Justin Peters, Polite Leader, who's on YouTube. He has some really good content, so check those out. I, I definitely wouldn't hesitate to check those out. But I would say when you're listing examples, it's great to go straight to Bethel, to their website, and just let you know let their content speak for itself. I mean, you, you don't have to spend much time there on their website to see some of the craziness that's going on, the testimonies and things that they have documented on Bethel's website. Um, just read their doc. Sometimes the statement of faith uh, comes right out and says something that just blatantly shows that a ministry is way, way off. So bring some good examples because if you just come to your pastor and say, this, these artists are bad, I mean, <laughs> he's going to be like, okay, well, I mean, I don't see a problem with it because you haven't even told me anything about them. So definitely, definitely do that. It continues in the example. I only bring this to your attention because many have not heard of this. And in fact, I had not until recently. I'm sure the songs we sing are chosen with the best of motives. 
I'd be glad to set up a time to meet with you and discuss this in more detail if needed. Thank you for your time. And I go on to explain that you'll need to fill in the details for the artist and the reasons why you're concerned with them. Uh, you can find some detailed analysis on Sound and Worship. I've got a couple of links in the article. Uh, those articles are entitled, Should My Church Sing Bethel Music Songs for Worship? And Contemporary Worship in Truth, Not Trend. So you can go there and find what I'm talking about, direct quotes from those ministries that are basically speaking for themselves and speaking in error and false teaching. You don't have to make up anything, but that would be a bad idea anyways. So next option you can do is give your pastor or his secretary a call. When doing this, you can schedule an appointment to sit down with your pastor. He'll be glad to talk to you about the matter, and he'll appreciate you bringing it to his attention. Which leads to the next thing to keep in mind. Be absolutely sure about the points you're making. Be sure to gather all evidence of the point you're making. Saying, I just don't think they're a solid source of worship music is not a fair way to make your point or to represent someone. It's important to represent any group you discuss with accuracy. Making an inaccurate claim is unfair and morally wrong based on God's standard. Avoid making any claim that you're not completely sure about. I'm going to read that again. Avoid making any claim that you're not completely sure about. In a world of social media where you hop on Facebook today and you see a link about something that just stands out and it's like, oh, wow, that, that's terrible. And then you forget to check, oh, is this, is this an actual source that I should be trusting? Or is it just some website that was built today from who knows where? Be sure about what you're sending to your pastor. It's, it's a respectful thing to do and the right thing to do. Continuing. This means that you need to use sources that are trustworthy. When referencing Bethel Church or Bethel Music, I strive to use sources directly from their websites because this allows them to speak for themselves. Speculation is unfair even to those you disagree with, so be sure to check your sources. Give specific examples. This goes back to not saying things like, I just don't think they're good. When making your point, use specific examples from trusted sources. Link to your examples so that your pastor can do his own research. Leaving your opinions out and replacing them with facts ensures your pastor is getting the information he needs to make an informed decision. And the last point that I'm going to spend a little bit of time on is important. And this section is entitled, Check Your Motives. Be honest with yourself and make sure you're going about this for the right reasons. Is it the style of music that is not your preference? Or are you trying to protect brothers and sisters from learning about and embracing false teaching? Also, are you trying to make a really strong point and stand out? Or do you just want the right thing to be done? If we're honest with ourselves, we have to take a step back and pray about our motives before moving forward with serious issues such as these. And just to cut into this article, that means that you should not dart over to your keyboard or phone right now and just shoot off an email to your pastor and say, I don't like our music. It's terrible. You need to put a lot of thought into it. Your pastor has a lot going on. And I'm speaking of churches that are biblical. Now, 
if you're in a church that's teaching false teaching or it, it just isn't standing on God's word, that's a whole different issue. And you can feel free to bring this up to those kinds of leaders as well, but I can tell you that they're probably not going to listen. It's a great opportunity to, you know, warn somebody in love. That's very commendable and a great thing to do. But really what this article is focusing on is churches with pastors who truly just don't know about Bethel Hillsong Elevation. And you might think that they have no excuse, and I can see where you're coming from on that. But some, especially maybe elderly pastors that don't even listen to that style of music, maybe they just have, you know, they have a few contemporary songs that come in and they just, they trust the worship pastor. I'm not saying that that's a perfect way to go about it, but that might be where they're at. And they may just need a gentle um, kind of reminder to check on the lyrics, check on the sources of what worship music is being played at your church. Moving on. It is most likely best to go to your pastor in a private manner before airing out your opinion to others in your local church. Oof. I think that's worth another read. It is most likely best to go to your pastor in a private manner before airing out your opinion to others in your local church. This gives your pastor the opportunity to address the situation. He is in the position to make any changes, and he is to be respected as the leader of your church, or your elders, obviously. Go about it as if you will receive no glory for bringing the topic up, and find joy in being obedient to Christ. See that God is glorified in what you're doing and ensure that by following his word. The article ends up with an applicable passage here from Colossians. So Colossians 3, 12 through 13 from the NASB says, So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And that concludes that article. So, again, that article is talking about how to tell your church to change its worship music or how to ask your pastor how to go about it. You can find it on soundandworship.com. And I'm just going to kind of talk about why this should be important to your elders, to the leaders of your church. And I'm going to honestly be quite frank with you, this is unscripted. This is just straight from my heart on this. And it really comes down to this. Your pastor should care what kind of content you're consuming throughout the week. I know he, you know, he doesn't have complete control over that. Uh, but what he should be concerned with is what is coming out of his church that's leading you to pursue other ministries. So, if he's cool with Bethel being played out in front of hundreds of people at your church, or maybe you're in a smaller church like myself, um, in which that is not a problem at all, and I'm so, so thankful for that, but you may be at a church that's going out to, you know, the worship music is being sung with hundreds or thousands even of your brothers and sisters, and you're just belting it out to Bethel. And then, say, a third of those people go home, didn't know who Bethel was, and they're like, oh, this song was played at church. Must be good. Let's check out their Facebook. Let's like them. 
And then they're connected with Bethel and their teaching, uh, probably on a daily basis. Not sure how much they post, but uh, I'm sure through their various social channels, they post quite a bit. And the theology coming out of Bethel, Hillsong Elevation, is no good. It's because it's false teaching, prosperity gospel, word of faith doctrine, name it, claim it. Bizarre, bizarre, bizarre stuff from Bethel that you could spend hours online just tuning into their channel. I don't advise that, but you could, and you would see some very, very strange things. Uh, If you're new to that, just type in right now or when you're done listening to this podcast and you're at a safe place to pull over or something like that, uh, type into YouTube, Bethel Church, Lord of the Rings, Gandalf, and your mind will be made up on this issue just by that video. Uh, It's very, very bizarre stuff coming out of Bethel. And there's many, many churches who are, are falling right in line with it. And so to pastors, and I'm not one, I'm not an elder, so take that as you will. I'm just giving you my perspective on it. But the elders have a great responsibility. They're putting out content, basically. They are speaking each week, and they're in charge of what's going on at their church. And that needs to be glorifying to God. It needs to be truthful. Now, how do you worship in spirit and truth if the songs that you're singing aren't even true? Like, that matters a lot. Why wouldn't you take that seriously? And I think a lot of churches have just found a lot of success in letting these songs be played at their churches because people love them. People who are my age or a little bit younger, uh, they love this that kind of music. They don't look into where it's coming from. I'm not trying to shame or or bash or anything like that. It's just the truth. They're not going to look into where the worship music is coming from. As long as they like the sound of it, and honestly, I'll say that I don't. I'm not even sure if they care about what the lyrics are saying. Honestly, if it's catchy enough, hey, I've been at that point before, to my own shame, many years ago. Didn't really care if you just mentioned God or something like that. It would fly right past me. I did not care, and that's awful. And that's why sound and worship exist because. Worship music is not just some little thing on the side. It, there's an entire book of psalms in the Bible full of lyrics of music that were sung to music. I mean, it matters, y'all. I mean, it, it, it's obvious it matters. And your elders should care. Don't assume that they don't. This entire first portion of this podcast is the right way of going about that, talking to your elders and saying, you know, here's the concerns I have. I'm I'm truly concerned. Uh, You know, for me and probably for you, you might even mention, you know, I hesitate to even bring this up because it's not a pleasant thing to bring up. It's really not. It's really not. But if you do it the right way and you're not out to just humiliate your pastor or elders, then it will most likely go over well. Um, I can tell you from my own experience that I have brought this up before in the past to a different church, and I thought I was being listened to, 
but honestly, nothing really changed. So, you know, I was met with one of those objections that we've already covered. Well, we just use the songs that have good lyrics in them. And even though I, you know, I laid out all the content, politely cited all my sources, and did everything that I just told you guys to do at the beginning of this podcast, ultimately, it was kind of almost a failure. But I think it was still worth doing because that could be the seed that's kind of planted to get someone thinking about worship music. I mean, to anyone who's listening to this, how many times were you told about this issue before you took it seriously? Before you didn't laugh it off again? Probably quite a few times. You know, I see people online that you, you talk to them about this stuff and they're like, nah, no, I'm going to keep listening to it because the music is beautiful and it just speaks to me and it just grows my faith. And that's the kind of things I see. And it's just like, but I'm showing you evidence politely as I can and you're just completely ignoring it. That's definitely going to happen. That is definitely going to happen, but it's still worth doing because you could be part of the process of getting someone to start thinking about this thing. And I'll tell you, my overall goal for Sound and Worship, or really for this just to happen with any program or movement or whatever you want to call it, is to get our churches thinking more about worship music again and to weed out these sources that are promoting false teaching and are just dangerous for any believer, especially a new believer, to get caught up into. It's not something to just let go. And I think that's really what's happened. Most, a lot of churches who don't care, they just let it go. It's like, well, it's just the, it's just the music. We just, we make sure to pick the good lyric songs and we're not really worried about it. But we're talking about a massive movement that is just sweeping across this country. It really already has, but it grows and grows. I mean, if you can honestly look back to 10 years ago, I mean, it was nothing like this. Nothing like this. This is it's crept into Southern Baptist churches, any kind of church. That music is coming in. There's just more and more characteristics of these churches that are being copied over into what once were solid churches. It's a sad thing to, to see, really. It really is. But you can do something about it. We can do something about it. We can talk to our pastors respectfully. And if it doesn't work out and there's other problems in your church, I'm not the one to, to ask about leaving your church. That's not my, I'm not qualified to do that, honestly. I, I could give you some advice on that, but I'm not. I'm not the, not the one, I don't think. Uh, you know, you might check out Justin Peters for, for something like that. I, I think he really gives sound biblical advice. Check out his YouTube channel, Justin Peters again. A really, really good source there. But the overall thing is, if we can all just continue on this path of making people aware of the issues that are in worship music, which are translating into false teaching being broadcasted out to many, many, many people, a change can be made. It could be a, a brighter path or something to start off, kind of kick off who knows what. You know, God is in control and He can do whatever He wants to do. 
We need to pray that He will lead our churches away from this stuff. He may use us to do it. And if so, all glory to Him, because we're just redeemed sinners. So I will leave you all with that. We will continue our series on worship music objections. Haven't quite decided where I'm gonna go with this yet. Uh, if you've been keeping up, I have a baby that's due like really, really soon. <laughs> so there may be a, a small gap there of, of a time where there's not episodes being put out, but hopefully not very long. May not even be a gap at all. May, may get recorded ahead or something like that. So just be on the lookout. I really, really appreciate everyone who has shared this podcast or shared the content on Sound and Worship, just getting the word out. Um, thank you so much for doing that. So please, if you haven't, consider doing that. Thank you to everyone who's left a review on Apple Podcasts for this podcast. Really, really appreciate it. And that's all I have today. You guys have a great rest of your week.